This episode is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to get special rates on life insurance for health conscious people just like cyclists. If you are listening to the show, there is a high chance that you're an avid cyclist. If so, support the show. Check out Health IQ life insurance rates specifically for cyclists. Learn more about what they can do for you at healthiq.com forward slash semi pro cycling. Yo-ho, I'm Damien Roos. Today, should you run? Can you use an enduro bike for racing? And should you ditch your Garmin for better results? You got a question about cycling? I got you covered. But if I can't find the answer, it doesn't exist. This is your Cycling Questions Answered. If you're new to the show, here's the format you ask a cycling question, I answer it. It's that simple. So let's get into question one. Is running good as part of the aerobic side of cycling? Now, let me start by saying that I believe running is good for cycling fitness, but it's not good for cycling efficiency. We all know that the bang for buck that running provides over shorter periods of time is far superior to cycling. You go out for an hour of riding compared to an hour of running, and generally the hour of running is going to give you more bang for buck as far as developing fitness. For the athlete that's focused on one event, the cyclist, it is debatable that they should use other modes of exercise to help them boost their performance. And a general rule of thumb is that if you want to become a good cyclist, you got to train on a bike. And that's why it's better to run as part of a general prep in your base period, then, then reduce it as you move forward towards your cycling event. And why would you do this? Because training adaption is very specific. The running and cycling actions are very different and require different muscle recruitment patterns. And indeed, even a different kind of muscle contradiction. Non-runners only have to do a one-off run to feel the effects for a few days. Running training will cause your body to adapt to make you a more efficient runner. This sounds obvious, but this includes things like having an effect on your biomechanics and even your muscle and joint structures. Numerous cases exist where cyclists develop knee pain when getting back onto the bike, having done a little running cross-training in post-season break or wherever. The ITB being shortened and pulling the kneecap outwards is often the cited cause. And the final one, as cyclists, we feel we have a fit cardio fitness, but go for a run and you'll soon see other muscle groups are not at the same status. Delayed onset of muscle soreness, DOMS, can keep you out of training for a few days, which is risky business. So in conclusion, there is some benefit to running for cycling fitness. It is not as great as spending the time on your bike though. And really just ask yourself, why do you want to run? Talk it through with your coach. Question two, I recently got into road cycling. My first and only bike purchase has been a Scott Endurance bike. Now that I'm getting more and more comfortable on a road bike, a couple of guys I group ride with are encouraging me to try road racing. I have been to a couple of intro to crit racing clinics and am thinking of entering my first Cat 5 race. My question is, when beginning to road race, is an endurance bike okay to use or should I consider purchasing a race bike? Dude, if you have been listening to anything that I've put out, you will know that I'm not a fan of buying upgrades and not like this is a direct upgrade, but it certainly is in the realm of buying something for racing because you think you're going to get an advantage. The only item that I would think about is potentially getting a longer and negative degree stem to give you a more aggressive and lower down position because 
the stack or the height of the front of your bike on endurance bike may be higher than race geometry. But really, they're not that different. Enduro bikes and race bikes, they're really not that different. And there is no reason to go out and purchase something. I would definitely steer clear of anyone's opinions when it comes to this. The funny thing is, yeah, okay, you may stand out a little bit. There is always the guy at the race that's going to have a bike from 20 years ago. So you're not going to be that guy. But you are going to be on a different type of bike. For me, that's motivation to do better, to train harder, and to beat these guys that have all the equipment. Then, when you feel like you've got to a certain point in your riding and your racing, and then you can buy a new bike, but you'll know this point. You'll know this point within yourself. If you ignore all the the bullshit that's around you, you'll know exactly when the right time to buy this next bike is. You'll feel like you've earned it. You'll feel like you're riding the bike that you should be riding at the time that you should be riding it. And I think that's really important for confidence for fitting into a group and to know that the bike that you're on is the right bike for you for the events that you're doing. So overall, no, don't buy the bike. Work hard, race, and have fun. That's the main thing here. And forget about all the other things, including what you may think you look like or what the performance that you may think that you're missing. Because if you're enjoying what you're doing, you're going to go much better on this bike if you're prepared physically and mentally. How do you train for fixed crits or any crit for that matter? And should you ditch all your technology to ride better? Find out after the break. This episode is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to get special rates on life insurance for health conscious people like cyclists. Health IQ recognizes through research that cycling is a great lifestyle choice. And it has shown that avid cyclists have a 45% lower cancer risk, 18% lower heart rate disease risk, and up to 28% lower risk of early death. That's why they fight for you on getting you cheaper life insurance. Don't get penalized for family history, BMI, and other attributes. Get rewarded for riding your bike. If you're an avid cyclist, support the show and check out Health IQ's life insurance rates specifically for cyclists. Learn more about what they can do for you at healthiq.com forward slash semi pro cycling. Welcome back to Your Cycling Questions Answered, and let's get into question three. I've recently got back into cycling after getting super out of shape and not riding regularly for the past five years. Since I've got back on the bike, I've lost 40 pounds and feel amazing. Well done, man. So to keep my motivation up, I set a goal for myself next summer. I'd like to race in a fixed gear criterium, and I'm wondering if you have any training tips. Thanks, Joshua. I've got loads of training tips, but the thing I'm going to focus on here is a workout for when you're getting ready to actually do that race. The big thing is you want to go from base and then you want to build and then you want to move into a prof- where you're getting ready with a lot of specificity. So the training you do matches the type of racing you're doing. And that's what I want to talk about, a workout that addresses that. I feel like if you just keep riding and you just build up over time, getting faster and faster, having something really specific that you can draw on when you get close to race time is going to help you. And this workout is great because it's actually a double workout in the sense that you can use it as a test as well as an actual standalone workout. So I stole this one from Tim Cusack from Training Peaks, but it is a goodie. And 
It's something that you're going to want to do every four weeks or so building up. So say three months out, you want to do one and then uh, two months out and then one month out. It's going to check your repeatability. So your ability to sprint over and over and over again, which is exactly what you need in any type of crit, let alone a fixed gear crit. It goes without saying that you should be training on the bike that you want to be racing when it comes close to the event. You can do a road bike or whatever else building up. But when you're doing, say, this workout, do it on the actual bike because it's going to be important in the rest periods that you're still spinning your legs so you understand what it's going to feel like in the crit where you can't stop pedaling that fixed gear. To get your head straight for this thing, it's going to suck. It's going to be hard. It is short efforts and it's really going to test you. And that's the point. The point is to crack. The point is that you don't want to get through the entire workout. But what you want to do is note where you stop and then the next time you do it, see if you get better. And that's the test element of this. So the test itself is done after a day off. You want to be fresh. You want to be ready for this. It's going to hurt like hell. You want to have a really good warm up, at least 15 minutes, some short efforts, just getting you ready for this thing. And then here we go. The main set is as many declining sprints as you can, but they're split into intervals. This is one interval. Go hard for 10 seconds, all out, rest for a minute. Go hard for 20 seconds, all out, rest for a minute. Go hard for 30 seconds, all out, rest for one minute. Go hard for 40 seconds, rest for one minute. Go hard for 50 seconds, rest for one minute. And then go hard for a minute and then rest for a minute. And that is one interval. So once you've done that, you get five or 10 minutes off and then you repeat and then you go and do the whole thing again until you crack. In the first time, you may only get one and a bit done. You may then get better and get two. Apparently, four is amazing and four has only really been done by a few people. If you get to four, you're either a freak or you haven't gone hard enough before to get to that point. The idea is that you will not make four or five, you will crack at some point and knowing that is going to help you feel a little bit better when it does happen while you're throwing up in the gutter. Because this workout is you're accumulating so much lactic in your system, you can't clear it with the short rests. And so it's building and building and building. And trust me, I've done workouts similar to this. I haven't done this exact workout, so I can't tell you what it's going to feel like exactly. But I do know this feeling. And I'll tell you this, some riders are spewers and some riders aren't. So you'll get to figure out which type of rider you are. But definitely this is going to be one that helps you build up to those crits. Of course, you want to look at also some type of workouts that are very specific to the courses that you're doing. If you need a longer stretch, if you need overall fitness, if there's a U-turn, there's going to be lots of elements here. And that's something that you can plan once you know a little bit better your abilities and the actual demands of the event. You can kind of put those two together. Question four, I've always believed that more information is always a good thing, but I'm not so sure about that anymore. A few months back, I realized I read tons of stories about people adopting the latest gadgets to help improve them at their chosen pursuits, but hardly about any who were ditching them. What would happen if I got rid of all my gadgets? Okay, here's my opinion. I haven't done it, but here's my opinion and what I believe would happen. You would get to know your body better. Hard would be hard and easy would be easy. You would be able to recognize when the sensations when your body is going hard and when it's really going easy. And also 
you would know when you get out on a training ride whether you can actually push to that point or not rather than doing it with just your head and looking at numbers and then trying to rationalize the effort. That way you will do it through feeling and it'll be a lot more meaningful if you can manage to get where you need to be. The preoccupation with numbers could also be hurting you and I have seen this from the athletes that I coach that there are sometimes in events or training or whatever that the numbers actually hurt them because they look down, they're doing more than they're used to and they back off. Where potentially if they weren't looking at the numbers, then they could be doing a lot better and thinking about the feeling and all these other things to get them through those moments rather than just thinking about the numbers and then that's it. The experience would increase because the anxiety about sitting in the right zone should reduce. I would say on the flip side of that, maybe you'll get anxiety because you're wasting your time or you think you're wasting your time, but you know, maybe not. You would be less susceptible to technology failures. I don't know about you, but I've had rides absolutely ruined because I didn't charge my Garmin up enough. I knew the battery was going to go dead during the ride sometime, and then it did go dead, and I just felt lost that it went dead. It wasn't recording for Strava. I couldn't go in the zone. It basically ruined my ride when it shouldn't have because I was out on the bike, and any time you're on the bike, it's an absolute bonus. But overall, I think if anyone was going to experiment with this, then you should still record all of your efforts, probably more to hone your body's feelings and not totally let go of specific training loads and prescriptions and things. It'd be good for a comparison. So if you do an effort on feeling, then you can match it and see how close you actually are over time. There may be some way that you can incorporate that into your writing. So that's why I think that it's important that there is some training that you should look at the computer, but there also is some training where you should go on feeling and in racing especially, except for probably time trials, it's really important that you do feel your body. So there may be times where you want to train for races where you're not going to have a display in front of you and you can just go with the flow, whatever's happening on race day rather than looking down and basing all of your strategy on the numbers that are in front of you. But that's it. I do want to say that if you have a question, shoot it to me at damien at semiprocycling.com and I'll get it on to the next episode. But thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and ride well. (laughs) 